Palm Sunday. So it's a celebration that we have in the church here. And typically, we look at Jesus and what he's about to do. And the story of Palm Sunday is in all four of the Gospels. And so we know that if a story is covered by all of the Gospels, that there is a lot of importance to that. But this year, as I was reading the story, something caught my attention that was just a little bit different. And it was this aha moment, this Kairos moment for me. And that's when it says, a very large crowd gathered. A very large crowd gathered. How many of us have been in a very large crowd that's gathered recently? If you're like me, that that pulls up anxiety and a little bit of uncertainty of, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And really all of that started March 13th, 2020 for a lot of us. So generationally, we have dates that stick in our mind. They're just kind of seared there, right? So for, for me, it's like the Challenger explosion. It's 9-11, and it's going to be March 13th, 2020, right? So this is the last day uh, that I was gathering with a group of friends before we all hit quarantine, the worldwide shutdown that happened for those two months that we had. And as we gathered, one of the guys brought uh, a six-pack of Coronas, and the other brought a pandemic, and there were six of us. So we all, all shared in this experience, and we thought it would be just kind of this joke. We'd have a week of, of being down, but we didn't know at that point that our lives were going to change, and this was be a formative, a formative thing that was to come. Uh, before that, as I went to gather with people, I would, I would just have no problem being in very large crowds, right? And I would be the one who would just say, yeah, like, come on over. There's, there's no problem. We got extra food. Let's do this. But that period of time has changed how we gather. And so I think today we can look at the story and we can learn a little bit. We can talk through what it means for us to gather to celebrate today. But as we do that, I I want you just to think for a minute, well not really a minute, maybe a few seconds, on when was the last time that you gathered to celebrate? when I ask these questions, there's no formulaic answer. There's no one who can come up here and say, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. Know that, that this is all individual for us. As we look at moving forward from here in our gathering and in our celebration, this is a, a personal thing, right? But we can learn something from Jesus entering into Jerusalem on that donkey and on that colt. The first thing we need to know is that uh, this is not a new celebration, right? This is a celebration fit for a king. 
And so we see this as Adam read just a little bit ago, that King Jehu, this is uh, a king who, who in the terms of the Old Testament slept with his fathers. And so we know from that statement at the end of his life that, that he was a pretty good king. That, that God, he found favor in the eyes of God. That, that's kind of what that statement says. It, but he wasn't perfect, right? He did some great things, but he also made a lot of mistakes. But at the end of the day, Jehu found favor in the eyes of God. And then we fast forward a couple years, and we get to Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and we see another celebration happening. A very large crowd gathered. And this crowd, you have to know, uh, didn't have days of preparation. They probably had hours. This journey is two miles, right? So it's not like they had all the time in the world, but here people were touched by Jesus and came out to see him, to praise him. They were the people who were on the mountainside. They were the people who had heard his parables. They were the people who had seen his miracles. The people who knew that there was something different about Jesus. Because his message of love and forgiveness to bring hope for eternal life was something different than they were hearing from the religious rulers around them. What they were hearing is, if you do this just right, and if you do that just right, and you don't do this, then maybe, maybe you'll be good enough. Jesus' message was, no, my grace is sufficient for you. And I cover all of you in all that you do. And so these people heard that message, saw something different, and they gathered to celebrate. And they gathered to celebrate a king. Listen to these words from Matthew, right? Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. These are words of acclamation and praise for a king. Their expectation was that Jesus was riding in to Jerusalem to take over. He was either going to be a political hero or a mercenary. Little did they know that he was battling in the spiritual realm. That, that he was battling for eternal life, not just for the here and now. And so they were celebrating what they knew. They were celebrating Jesus and his stories and his life to that point. What we can't lose is that that celebration is different than our celebration next Sunday. Easter for that crowd was filled with fear and uncertainty. We have disciples who locked themselves in a room for fear of the government coming to get them. We have uncertainty of whether Jesus actually was not in the tomb or if someone stole his body. So their celebration there was, it wasn't, it, it was a day of 
of mourning. But, but here we see them gathering to cel- celebrate a king and, and this, this talk of love and forgiveness and hope and grace that covered everything. How amazing is it to see that, that large crowd gathering? Now, uh, we know the rest of the story. We know that, that Jesus went from there to bless his disciples with the Last Supper. They gathered for their once-a-year festival, and in that he gives us a means of grace, a way to connect our head knowledge and our heart knowledge to his love and his forgiveness. And from there, he would take the burden of the world on his shoulders, the sin that had entered into the world onto his shoulders, and die on that cross, and then the tomb would be empty three days later. We know that, and so we can celebrate. So when we find ourselves in these times of fear and uncertainty, we can look to that empty tomb, and we can know that his grace is sufficient for us. Now, when, when I say that, it's, it's good to hear, but we also need to think through what it looks like for us to gather, to celebrate, because it looks different for each and every one of us, right? But Paul gives us some words of wisdom as he writes the church in Philippi. If any of you have encouragement from being united in Christ, comfort from his love, common sharing in the Spirit, tenderness and compassion, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each other, and in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Paul looks at the story of Jesus, and he does see all of those teachings of love and forgiveness, all the miracles and all the parables. But Paul also sees where Jesus did all of that stuff. It wasn't confined to a time and place and space. He did it on the road. He did it on the hillside. He did it in an upper room. He did it in the synagogue. He did it all over the place. And wherever Jesus was, there were people. How many times in the Gospels do we read that Jesus went to find solitude? You know how many times he actually finds it? I believe it's twice. But in all the times, there's a crowd that's gathered around him because there is something special about what he's saying and what he's teaching. And so as we think about this, as we think about those people who gathered around Jesus and Paul's encouragement to us to be of like one mind and have the mindset of of Christ, we think about what does it look like for us to gather in celebration now? What does it look like for us 
to gather in celebration now. Now, hear me in this, that it's different for all of us, right? Some of us have groups that we used to connect with, but we've lost that connection. If you're looking for permission to contact those people and and have a meal together, here's your permission, right? If you're looking around you today and you just don't see someone that that used to sit next to you and you you need their information to to contact them, let us know. We'd be glad to connect you again. There are things that have crept up in our lives that create this fear and uncertainty of whether it's okay to make connections with one another. Know this. Jesus' grace is sufficient for all of us. And so it's, it's not about fear, but about Jesus. And so as we look at making connections with one another— Keep these three things in mind. Number one, we gather to celebrate Jesus. Right? That's what next weekend is all about. Next Sunday, we gather to celebrate an empty tomb. And if you need a piece to be invitational into, invite someone to breakfast and to join you for worship. Right? Gathering to celebrate doesn't just look like in our homes or in a coffee shop or here, but it can look like all of that all together. But it also has a part of being intentional. Intentionally celebrating what Jesus has done for us. Intentionally celebrating that grace that's sufficient for each and every one of us. Now, you, you may not be at that point yet, right? You may not be at a point where you're ready to invite someone in to a gathering to celebrate. Well, our leadership team would love to have a conversation with you and just talk that through what it might look like for the next step for you. We know that that Jesus gathered around people and, and there was blessings that happened in that. And we know that That's a desire that we have, is to be a body of believers in community together. And what does it look like for us to gather to celebrate? And so we would love to to talk you through that. Just walk you through, coach you a little bit on it. If that's something you need, contact one of us. In just a minute, we're going to have our um, cards to give information on the back. Just say, hey, I want to talk to someone about this. But today, here and now, as we leave this space, this is something to contemplate. What does it look like in your life to gather to celebrate? What does it look like to gather to celebrate Jesus? What he's done for us and that hope we have in him. Again, there's no formulaic answer to this. It's something we all wrestle with. But as we wrestle, hear these words, my grace is sufficient for you. 
gathering to celebrate who Jesus is in our lives and what he's done for us is a great thing. And so let's take this week and let's figure out what it means for us to celebrate Jesus this week, this month, and as we go on into the coming years, what does it look like now for us to gather to celebrate Jesus? Amen.